from the land of the free and the home of the Chiefs. This is the Locked On Chiefs podcast. Welcome back to Locked On Chiefs. The draft countdown has begun ticking louder, and we're going to get into it. This is Mock Draft Monday. We have a great one for you as we maneuver around what the Chiefs might be looking to do, especially in the first and second rounds of this NFL draft. We're going to get into that coming up and walk you through the entire scenario very quickly. But first, over at RogueAPC.com, that's Rogue Analytics Consulting, where we do the athletic matrix for the entire draft class. The draft guide, along with the matrix, is going to drop Monday afternoon. That's the goal, and that's what we're working towards. You can get the matrix, and you can get the draft guide all at RogueAPC.com, and use the code MATRIXLON to get your discount. So let's jump right into the draft. Welcome back, folks. It's Mock Draft Monday. We're going to get right into it because as the Chiefs get closer, some things become a little bit clearer about prognostications, what the Chiefs might need. As we get started, do you think they stay at 31 or do we have to give them a new scenario? I can't see them staying at 31, (laughs) but of course, the second we say that, they're going to stay right where they are. So, right. I think we should explore some trade ups just because I've said all along that I don't think the value's there, but I think the immediacy might be. Could be. It's really hard to know what they're going to do and and where people could go because there's so many different scenarios in this draft. There really are. At at this point, A, given the tackle group, I think it has to be that wide receiver, possibly edge, but if we're going to go up, we have to have a targeted mind. Who do you think that they is worth going up after and who should be target number one? I, honestly, I don't know enough about the offensive tackles. I would think that it's going to have to be a tackle, but it's uh, who they like. Uh, there's been a lot of talk about Jenkins, but I don't know that you're going to be able to get up high enough to uh, get anybody higher than Jenkins because if Jenkins goes in the you know 20 to 25 range, if you're trading up much, much past that, you're going to be having to give up another first round pick or a second round pick. And, you know, there's other things you need to address in this draft. That's my thinking as well. Getting up into the top 16, the top half of, of the first round, I think is going to be rather difficult and very costly. Now, maybe they choose to do it. I don't think we should for this scenario. So how far are you willing to go up depending on the cost, obviously? Uh, I think maybe if you're looking at 20 with Chicago, I think that's probably as far as you can go. Uh, but really the question is, is how far, I mean, how far do you have to go up to get the guy you want? And again, I say Jenkins, I think Jenkins could be there at 25, but again, it only takes a couple of teams to have a, a run on that position and be in a much different scenario. Now, one of the things Kansas City has going for it is there is a chance the top four wide receivers are going to be taken very early. And generally speaking, in most drafts, that's not really the case. So the question is, is, you know, is that something that they're, that is going to help push somebody down? Uh, QB is also going to be a position that's going to be drafted very much in this draft, uh, tight end as well, uh, with Pitts going number one. So, I mean, you could have nine players go off in the first, you know, 10 picks that are going to be wide receivers, QBs or Pitts as the tight end. You may only have one tackle in the top 10. Of course, I say that, and now we're going to have three. Right. You absolutely could. And and I agree with you. I don't think going up beyond, say, 19 to the Redskins, I'm sorry, to the Washington football team um, is probably the limit that I'm willing to go. So why don't we work on that? That's a, a get in front of the Bears even a little bit, depending on what that uh, that virtuosity is. So it's a good spot to hold off 
Let's see what happens after we get back from this. This episode is brought to you by 1010, a capsule collection of diamond rings that are responsibly sourced, limited edition designs at fair price points. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 creative styles of diamond rings designated by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Rings sure to bring joy into her life. Using only diamonds responsibly sourced from Botswana, 10 female design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful ring, ideal for engagement, Mother's Day, or simply a beautiful conversation piece. They're the perfect way to bring light into her life. They're available now through Mother's Day only at BlueNile.com. Just search the words 10 by 10. This collection features high-quality fine jewelry that will surprise and delight, and fairly priced so you can give her something special and truly meaningful. If you're on the hunt for the perfect, unique ring she'll treasure forever, you're definitely going to want to check this out. They won't be around for long, so find them now by searching the words 10 by 10 only at BlueNile.com. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are going to be back in full swing, and BetOnline even covers award shows, reality TV, all kinds of stuff. Real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head over to the website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. The promo code's locked on for BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Get all the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Audacity app or wherever you get podcasts. If I bring this up for the Washington football team, it looks like they're going to require a third-round pick and I might be able to squeeze something out of them, swap a six for a fifth, move up in the later rounds, which I think this draft is going to be fairly deep. Are you comfortable with that, or is that too rich for your blood? I'm comfortable with it. I just have a hard time believing that the Washington football team would accept that trade offer because you're going back, you're dropping back 12 picks in this draft, but maybe they will. They have a lot of things that they need to fix, so an extra third-round pick could really help them. Yeah, a pick in the top 100. That's what I'm I'm hoping for. Let's uh, let's offer them and see what we get because it'll be very telling. And you know, this is very common in the real world. Sometimes it takes a couple of phone calls to kind of work a deal out, right? And so it did take me a couple of tries, but we got that. And so we are now on the clock at 19. And we have to take a very hard look at what has transpired. To this point. And so, what we did see uh, was that Panay Sewell did go first uh, of the tackle group at number eight, followed by Rashawn Slater at number 10. And quite frankly, this is, uh, this is becoming a, a theme that I've seen a lot lately. I don't know if it's accurate. I don't know if the, the Chargers really have this much interest in Christian Darisaw, but he went there in this particular scenario. So, at 19. Jeez. And Bateman went 15. Sorry, I'm just looking at your list. <laughs> Bateman went 15. Everybody's talking about Micah Parsons and the, how the Raiders love him. He went at 17. Uh, how many wide receivers you got? So Chases are obviously already gone early on. So Number six, yep. Yeah. So you've got four wide receivers in the top 12? No, 15. sorry, top, top 15. Yeah. With so, four quarterbacks first off the board right. in a row, followed by Pitts. And then chase, and yeah. then the race begins. And that's that's what I find really, really intriguing because we did accomplish job number one in that we have Tevin Jenkins available on the board. Yep. So that that appears to have worked out in this particular scenario. I mean, that was our goal, so we should just go take him now, right? Hard for me to argue with that. The only, the only 
sorry, I was going to say the only other person that is above him is Mac Jones. And uh, obviously we're not going with the QB. So I will um, say the only thing that makes me pause is that both of my top edge rushers are still available in Aziz Ojolari and Quiddy Pay, who right now is my number one. Uh, may not be on my final board, but right now, that is something to at least think about. But this was the goal, was to get a tackle that can plug in and play. Yeah, to me, getting an edge would be just uh, icing on the cake. You can't do that. So, um, you know, I, at this point, I would say draft Jenkins and go on down the road. Done deal. So with the first pick in the 2021 draft, the Chiefs do secure themselves a right tackle predominantly, but has been known to flip over to left and put in some snaps. A guy that but has that's the key. Episodes. He would have to play. He would have to play left for this team. Exactly. The only way they're taking him is if, in, especially at nineteen, is if he's going to play left tackle for them. Yeah, and that's actually what I think the evaluation hinges on. Is this is this is all good for an exercise that we're doing from outside the organization? But for them, they have to believe that his athleticism, which is good, and his handwork, which is good, can flip over. Now, I think he's got one of the best kick steps in this draft, if not the best. I just haven't seen him do it on film from the left-hand side. So that is a specific trait that that they have to really, really sign off on. Maybe we're going to be incorrect when it all comes out in the wash, but that's what we're going off of right now. So, right, so scroll. Yeah, there we go. So, so after we make went that in selection, the 40s. Yep. Um, let's see. Both those edges went back to back at 26 and 27, roughly. Uh, Cosme went at 35. Mm-hmm. Dickerson at 36. Radden's- Terrace Marshall down at 38, who was the wide receiver of choice for me in the Chiefs position yeah, and, at 31. And that makes a lot of sense because of Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Creed Humphrey went at 48. So that was my one hope is that somehow Humphrey was going to make it to the next pick at 63. Honestly, if I'm Kansas City, I'm looking and trying to move back up and, and get a center. Because if you can solidify your offensive line this year, that really fixes problems in the future. So we're on the clock at 63. Yep. And I think at 63, we have to be looking at, looks like the value is at corner. Carlos Basham is there at edge. Um. You know, the other question is, is do you do you like Brevin Jordan or Tommy Trimble? I mean, both of those guys, according to the TDN predictive board, are ranked right at where Chief, the Chiefs are picking. Yeah, the, I like Tommy Trimble a lot. Um, he is he's a wham bam kind of blocker, a guy that is really quick on his feet, but he wasn't used very much in the past game. He is more of a projection, I think, to the next level than maybe most are, but just because of the sheer number uh, of blocking oriented tasks that he was asked to perform. I love that aspect of his game. I just don't know if Andy Reid will. So now, here's here's the other side of it. You could go for a reach. Uh a lot of people have been talking up Quinn Miners uh at seven that they have at 75. Uh that That's would true. be considered a reach of 12 spots, but the value that you're going to get there if you believe he can fit your system and be your starting center for the next 10 years, I think it's worth it. Yeah, that may absolutely be. I, I find it interesting because when you look at the production and the uh, athleticism ranks, three of the top five offensive linemen in this draft are centers in terms of their athleticism, Quinn being one of them. I was about to ask. I was figuring that's where you're going with that. <laughs> but the interesting thing is like uh, Creed was one of the three, right? So got him in the 40s. 
Now, this is projecting Quinn Miners in, in the 70s. I think he that's probably about close. He might go here in the 60s. I don't know. But there's also Drew Dahlman, who tests nearly as well as those guys, and he's likely to be around post-100. So like, there are, are different flavors, different aspects of those games. I think both uh, Creed and Drew Dahlman are zone centers that I think will will plug in. So I'm not putting the emphasis on having to go grab one here with the second pick, especially now that we've given up our third, and this 63rd well, pick is their last one for a bit. And that's exactly why I was going to say the question is, is, is Drew Dahlman going to be available when they pick at their next pick at 136? My guess is it's possibility. Um, and if you don't get it, that's what you signed Blythe for, right? Or do you think it has to be a priority right now? I don't think it has to be a priority right now, but I think it should be a priority if they can find somebody. That's why if if I'm Kansas City, I'm trying to trade back. Uh, maybe see if you can get another, uh, you know, fourth or fifth round pick for trading back just, you know, 10 spots or so. 10 spots. Okay, let's see if we can find us a trade partner then. So let's go to the Eagles and try them first and see what we can manufacture in terms of trade value. They have the number 70 pick. So moving back seven for the Chiefs might be doable. Can we squeeze a fourth round pick out of them at the 123 range? Probably not. There are plenty more selections to go. We're going to get to the rest of them coming up next. We've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, amazing tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all the bars. And we recognize it's been hard to keep up with the brackets and all the new flavors. But let's remember, when it all comes said and done, there are a couple things that really stand out, like cookies and cream with 17 grams of protein at 130 calories, or almond coconut, which is one of my favorites still. And you can get a serious discount over at BuiltBar.com by using the promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 50% off your next order. That's the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Here on the Locked On Network, April 19th through the 26th, listen to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 that features analysis from NFL experts Michael Irvin, Brian Baldinger, and Jason LaConfora, plus our local experts on every team making trades and picking the next stars for their team. Subscribe to the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021, presented by Locked On and Odyssey on the Odyssey app, wherever you get podcasts. So what we can do with the Eagles is swap out 63, move back to 70, and do a trade of fifth-round picks, which sounds like not much value, right? But we're talking about the Chiefs going from the 181st pick, the bottom of round five, up to 150, right at the beginning of round five. And that gives you an entire round, three in the fifth then, where you can clean up and get ahead of all those guys that see potential players at sixth and seventh rounds that they're going to have to train up. Yep. So we will attempt to move back, see what we get. And on we second try, we got that thing done. So we moved back a few picks, and what did we see happen in the meantime? Brevin Jordan, Carlos Basham did go. Um, the really athletic Brady Christensen tackle from uh, BYU, along with Asante Samuel Jr., uh, who I think is going to be a nickel in the league. Tommy Tremble did go off, as well as Jackson Carmen, developmental tackle that is definitely in the second tier, maybe pushing the third tier at this point. And we're back on the clock at number 70. Two guys stand out to me. One that I've, I've talked about on RGR, but I don't think I've gone over him here, um, is Elijah Molden, a guy that is very much in the Tyron Matthew mold, a nickel corner that can go back and play safety for you. Um, I love that as a one-to-one match, but it's not a priority. And the guy that you were eyeing before, Quinn Miners, is on the board still. 
Well, I'll let you make the pick, but I'm still leaning towards center because in my opinion, I, and, I, and here's why, Kansas City has done what they were trying to do this offseason was they were trying to go out and improve their offensive line the best they possibly could. It's makes a lot of sense from the guys they've signed. They think Kyle Long can be a guy that can come in and start. Uh, they're hoping LDT is going to come back. And they went out and got Tooney, and they were trying to get Williams as well. If they would have done that, this offensive line would have been pretty stacked, and all you really would have to add is a center. So the question is, is if you add that center now, does it give you the ability? Is is guy is Miners a guy that you think they can plug in and, and start for ten years? Is he going to be a guy that's going to be top ten center in the league for ten years? That is a very does he good have that question. potential. Yeah, and then that's that is the big question mark. I want to say yes. I'm just not sure if I can talk myself into that, but because it is a big leap from the level of competition, he's got all the athleticism. He survived at the Senior Bowl really well. I, I think that's doable. It might be a little bit of a, of a stretch, and I'm not sure the Chiefs agree with me. Are you happy making that pick? Do you want to explore any tradebacks yet again and see what we can garner? Well, we can try another tradeback and see if we can get anything. Doesn't hurt to look. Maybe we'll go back to the well with the Washington football team. Moving back from 70 to 74, can we get a 124 for a 175? It looks like that's possible, and we might even get us a seventh-round pick or a sixth-round pick as well. Let's try that. And upon second completion, it looks like everybody wants two phone calls in this particular draft. So let's see if somebody stole your guy. They stole my guy. So Elijah Molden is off the board. We did move back. We've picked up another uh, 124, it was. Um, which is a viable uh, pick. So I now think Quinn Myers is a done deal. He is your new center. I think that that's a perfect selection for him in this spot. And we got a little bit of value out of it. So Well, and the the big thing for me is he doesn't have to start this year. Mm -hmm. Assign Blythe for a reason, and Blythe can be a great backup or he can be a starter for a season. My issue is you don't want to have to go into the season with no real backup to Blythe uh, that you feel comfortable playing. And, man, it is going to be a while for Kansas City to pick again. Yes, it is. On the board at 124, we will go through this a little bit because everybody's got warts down at this level. Um, Top interior lineman is on the board uh, with Aaron Banks. Um, Dale from uh, Vanderbilt, an injured player, but a developmental edge with a lot of power. I think some of these specs might actually enjoy is on the board. Um, Kendrick Green is another of the top three athletic centers, by the way. Obviously, Jeez. we don't need him here, but I wanted <laughs> you to know who he was. Um, two other players that stand out. Jacoby Stevens is, in my opinion, a direct plug-and-play replacement for Dan Sorensen. He is a safety at LSU that they played as a nickel backer. He can play deep. He can play up in the box. I like his skill set. He's not the uber athlete. Um, but I think he's on par with Dan. I think that might be a third safety fit eventually. Um, don't know if this is the spot for him. I like uh, Osa Adigbazua out of UCLA, an interior defensive lineman. Again, not a need here. Um, but things are a little bit thinner at this point, at this pick at 124. Anything stand out to you? I have a hard time thinking that they're going to go safety in the fourth round, uh, just because I don't think that I'm not saying they don't value the position. They obviously do, but I'm guessing that they're figuring they can get another one or year, one or two years or two years out of Daniel Sorensen. Uh, so I don't know that they would see the value there to me. I would look for more of the positions that they actually need to fill uh, to try to find 
somebody that can actually plug and play this year or at least uh, plug and play as a rotational guy. I'm not sure he'd be even rotational at this point. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so th- that stands out that Deo's got probably the best upside of an edge in this group. Um, but an injury risk, he is coming off of, I think it's an Achilles tear. Um, so that's one guy there that is in a, a, a spot. Patrick Jones is available at an edge too. Um, I prefer Deo out of the two myself. Um, we get down, there are the edges from Notre Dame and there are a ton of developmental corners. There's Trey Brown. That's a nickel. Um, got a couple linebackers too. There are Dylan Moses is probably the best of the bunch. I would still rank him uh, above Derek Barnes from Purdue right now. Um, Moses is probably not the classic, but you know that he's got to be disciplined. Um, I don't know that he has everything that they want in a coverage linebacker, but that you do need someone eventually to take over for Hitch, right? Do you like his game, and do you think it's a fit? I think it's a better fit if you're looking at somebody to replace Hitchens because. I think that that's going to be something that they're going to have to do in the next couple of years. And they don't have very much depth at that position. Your coverage linebacker is going to have to be Willie Gay mm-hmm. uh, at this point. I mean, that's just the way it's going to have to go uh, unless you're going to find another linebacker. But the problem is, is at this point in the draft, you're not going to find that guy, generally speaking, unless he's always he's going to be is that coverage guy. And there are other options here. I mean, there's Monty Rice. who played a, a pretty stellar career at Georgia, but is – uh, smaller, I, not so much take on. <laughs> Imagine that you go for another Georgia guy. Hey, you know, I got to let you know where they are. I, I didn't even mention LeCount yet. We'll, we'll get there eventually. Um, but I think if you want to plug the hole, is it edge or is it linebacker for you? I think you can go either way and be comfortable. I think the big question is, is, uh, you know, what is their character stuff? Uh, because I think that's got to, got to play into it when you start talking about the Chiefs. Everything I think I've heard about Moses, I think that would be a good fit for Kansas City. Uh, I don't know, uh, you know, is is Moses a captain? I would think I thought he was. I would Maybe have I'm to wrong on that. I don't know any of his off the field things. I know there's been some injuries and there's been some lapses in performance, but in, in terms of a fit, I, I think that's probably a safe bet. We'll take him at one twenty four. It is, and roll on to the Chiefs' next pick at one thirty six. So that should wait be, as long this time. Right. It is a little bit tighter in between. I'm not going to entertain <laughs> trade backs any longer. I think we're set there. And interesting combination. Um, again, both edges available from uh, Notre Dame, two guys that play, uh, you know, a big front that fit in terms of the size, dimensions, length kind of thing that uh, Spags usually wants. There's Rashad Weaver out there as well. Um, then you get into the corners. Trey Brown is a nickel specific. Marco Wilson's a really interesting one. Somebody that Dane Brugler had mentioned for the Chiefs um, with the Chiefs official when he spoke with Matt Mullen. Did your other uh, edge guy go? I do believe. No, Patrick Jones is there and Dale are both there. So plenty of edges if that's what you want to fill. I think this is a great spot to be looking for edge. Okay. So do you uh, prefer the Notre Dame guys? Heavy rotation, a lot of power. Dale's got a little more spring, a little more bend. If he's heels. Right. And that's the question. Uh, is he, does there a big injury history or is it just, he's coming off an injury coming off one? I believe it was in January. If there's not an injury history history and you feel like his game can give Kansas city more edge rush. I think that's a good fit. I think we will pull the trigger because I don't know his whole history <laughs> at this point. Um, we will have to pull up Dane's guide and then I'm sure we will find that. But for now, 
Deo, Debedingo, and Dingbo. I have to say that, right? I have to practice yeah, you, names. Yeah, I think you're going to have to practice that and practice typing too. So Deo from Vanderbilt is going to be a chief. We will select him at 136. Roll on to the chief's next pick at 144. And this is where we're at in the, in the fourth to fifth round where we're, we're rolling picks here. We also have 150 coming up as well. So a couple of different guys. Um, the edges are still there. Trey Brown, the nickel corner. Um, Marco Wilson is here, an outside corner. Um, great athlete. Questionable uh, control. <laughs> Emotional player from everything that I've seen. Has had a couple of run-ins. Um, but I think a guy that has a lot of upside. And it, in at this point in the draft, I don't think um, could be really dissuade uh, from getting on a roster and see what he can do. A um, couple of safeties here, including Wiggins, who I think uh, plays bigger than he is. I can't remember his actual size. Six foot even, they say. Um, I'll have to verify that one as well. I think Joshua you go corner here. Sure and I, another option. Corner. I think you go corner, and I think I already knew who I wanted at 152. Oh, well, talk to me. What are we doing? Uh, Schwartz. What are we doing at 144? Uh, corner, I thought you said you had a corner. Uh, Trey Brown, is that the one you were talking about? Yeah, you want a nickel specific? We can give Trey a shot. At 144, I think that's worth the gamble. I know people will probably complain a little bit about that value, but that's okay. Um, and then you want to go with the speed. Yep. Olympic speed. Um, a guy that's undersized. Quite frankly, a guy that I think is a plug-and-play replacement for McCole Hardman in year two. Uh, whether he can get on the field before that or not is going to be interesting. Well, but if you give them all that speed, they're going to find a way to use it. So uh, the problem is you're still not filling your position left by Watkins, but there's not going to be that many of those, especially later in the draft. So, right. I'd say take him and we'll go. Schwartz came in at 186. I think we can deal with that. He does have speed to burn. So onto the roster, another speed demon for Patrick Mahomes who try to get the ball to. Um, And given what we did early, with the offensive line additions, I, th- I think that makes sense and gives yourself a chance to really come up big. Now, as we're late here at 163 in the fifth round, we have some more options. A lot of wide receivers are here. Some of the deeper safeties, Caden Sturz from Texas, uh, Derek Force, uh, James Wiggins, running partner there uh, at Cincinnati is out there. Marco Wilson, like we talked about, is out there. Um, Thomas Graham from Oregon. There are some options there. There's a lot of wide receivers, a lot of developmental guys. Everyone's developmental at this point. Um, do you have a preference or anybody that stands out to you? Uh, no, probably going to be a safety guy. Uh, just based on who's left on the board uh, and with the Chiefs' needs, I would think that they'd be looking at safety unless there's a tight end that they think that they could develop. It's funny that the two guys that are available are right next to each other on my board. So Caden Sturge, Texas, uh, Derek forces, Cincinnati. I think it's a toss up at this point, a little bit of difference between the two of them. Is any, either of them more than the other for you? I'd say go Caden Sterns and, and I mean, they're going to play the Armani Watts type role this season. So, right. uh, and maybe next season as well. Might as well contribute in other ways. Caden yep. Sterns is a Kansas city chief in this scenario. And we are going to let these, Chick, uh, picks roll by as we get down to the Chiefs' last selection is going to be at 207. So we got a little bit of a ways. At this point, I feel like we've done a pretty good job. This is 
our virtual mock number three for this week. If you guys like this, check out the Matrix. Check out the uh, Rogue Analytics Draft Guide. And I think with our last pick, we'll just let this roll through and let the mock machine decide for us and see what we get. Because quite frankly, there are too many options to take. And it did make a selection for us, whether we liked it or not. Um, at this point, I think this was a pretty good exercise. A lot of opportunities and moving around, I think, was enjoyable. I, I do expect the Chiefs to move out of 31, possibly even 63. Do you think that that's uh, what we should be prepared for? I absolutely think that's what they're going to be doing. I can't see them staying at 31. It just doesn't seem after staying at 32 last year, I can't see them staying at 31. Uh, this team is going to have a lot more holes that they feel like they need to fill. So I think they have to attack it in that sense. Well, at the end of the day, the Chiefs got job number one done in getting a left tackle that they feel can protect Patrick Mahomes and Tevin Jenkins. The rest is all gravy, and that's it for us. I hope you guys enjoyed this exercise. We'll do it one more time. As draft week begins, we have a lot coming up. There's a lot going on at RGR football as well. I want to let you guys know that the Athletic Matrix is out, and the RGR draft guide will premiere on Monday evening. You can get that over at RogueAPC.com. The same discount code applies for all of them, and that's Matrix L-O-N for you guys. Appreciate you guys listening to us today. Thanks for taking the time. We'll be back with you tomorrow, and we'll talk to you then. Ryan Tracy is the founder of Rogue Analytics and the host of RGR Football on YouTube. Follow him there. Chris Clark is a senior analyst at ChiefsDigest.com, where you can get his work. Rate and review at Apple Podcasts, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Thank you for listening. 